Today's episode is brought to you exclusively by the good folks at Blue Note Therapeutics. Blue Note creates prescription digital therapy apps to help patients address the common yet overlooked side effects of cancer, like stress, anxiety, and depression. Check out their new fully remote clinical trial at bluenotetherapeutics.com backslash trials. Welcome to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. I'm Trevor Maxwell. I'm a stage four colon cancer survivor, and I've got a message for other men. You don't have to go through this alone. What does it mean to man up to cancer? It means reaching out instead of isolating. It means having the courage to accept help along the way. To me, manning up isn't just about being tough. It's about knowing that we're stronger and smarter as a pack than we are as lone wolves. everybody thanks for tuning in from wherever you are in the country in the globe because man up to cancer uh it's crazy we have people kind of all over the place little pockets of people who are starting to realize kind of what the mission is and tuning in it's awesome i am excited to have an awesome guest today his name is ed cutler he goes by buddy so ed is a lung cancer survivor he is a an advocate with and he does a lot of work with the Longevity Foundation. We'll talk about that. He's going to be attending the Hope Summit coming up. We're going to talk about that. I want to introduce you to Buddy. Buddy, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks, Trevor. It's good to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, uh, where do you live and where are you from originally? I'm a Florida native. I was born in Tampa, which is where I live at the present. Uh I went away to college up in the Northeast, actually in the mid-Atlantic states, uh, it's the University of Pennsylvania in oh, okay. Philadelphia, and uh, ended up uh, starting uh, my working career there and got married and uh, uh, went away for two years active duty in the military, in the Navy, and I uh, finished that and uh, I uh, convinced my wife to move back to Florida with me. She's a Pennsylvania native. Oh man, how how do you finagle that one? Uh, it uh, it took a lot, it took a whole <laughs> lot. Uh, she had you know at that time uh, all of her family was uh, in or around Philadelphia, and it was hard for her to leave them. Uh, but uh, fortunately, uh, we were able to travel back and forth. Uh, couple of times during the year and uh, that made it a little more palatable to her yeah so you're so you're in right there in in t- beautiful tampa which which you know the city that stole away my all-time favorite player uh, <laughs> the goat tom brady um you know i grew up here in maine new england patriots fan and, and we just were spoiled by all of our super bowls uh but yeah you had to take him away that's okay i forgive you guys well, thanks. Uh, you know, we had we had him for two years, and then he retired. We won a Super Bowl his first year he was here, and uh, then last week he unretired. Yeah. <laughs> what about your uh, working life? Are you retired now? And and what what do you spend most of your uh, working days doing? I'm basically retired now. Uh, you know, I had a very long career as a CPA and tax consultant. And I, uh, I just broke out into a heavy sweat. 
Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's almost that time, right? Well, that and also I'm just such a word guy that the that, that numbers are just terrifying to me. So, but but I'm glad that we have our people like you that take care of people like me who are have somewhat of a disability. <laughs> totally understand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, we we make it easier for, you know, for many, many people. Absolutely. Actually. Yeah. Uh, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, with, with the expertise that the CPA has uh, in taxation, uh, they bring out a lot of information that you would ordinarily think of. That's right. But uh, most of most of my busy times now are uh, doing advocacy work for uh, uh, for lung cancer organizations and for my uh, hometown. Uh, uh, NCI-designated cancer center. Yeah, absolutely. So Moffitt. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, take us back in time. So, buddy, when did you hear the words, you have cancer? Uh, I heard the words in 2013. Uh, but we knew something was wrong mm. uh, earlier, earlier than that. Uh, I, I really had no significant symptoms uh i had started to lose some weight but we attributed that to a relatively new diagnosis of diabetes okay uh but unfortunately that was a misdiagnosis which we found out uh, a couple of years later Mm. I've been on diabetes medication for about three years before uh, uh, the endocrinologist that uh, I were, was seeing uh, said, what, what are you doing this? Why are you on this medication? You, you don't have diabetes. I said, oh, okay, thank you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> uh, but uh, that, that, of course, was after my lung cancer diagnosis. Um, my lung cancer diagnosis came about as a result of uh, seeing an ad in ARP magazine Okay. that uh, every male over the age of 50 who had ever smoked in his lifetime should have a AAA scan. That's the abdominal aortic aneurysm scan. Okay. So I took that to my primary care doc and uh, he said, uh, sure, why not go ahead? I'll give you a script for it. And, uh, and we'll move on from that. So I had the scan and I waited and waited and waited. And finally, uh, I called his office and said, whatever happened to the results of that scan? You know, this is actually months later. Oh my goodness. And uh, they said, uh, if, if you'd like a copy, we'll, we'll give you a copy. So nobody said anything to me about what the results were. That's crazy. Uh, so I got the copy and I, I looked at it and you know, there was no aneurysm, thankfully, but there was a footnote at the bottom of the radiology report that said that there was a mess on my liver. Oh my God. And follow-up was recommended. So of course yeah, I called his office the next morning mm-hmm. Man, somebody dropped the ball big time. Like, uh, yes, yes. Uh, I called his office the next morning and said, "I need to see him today. Come hell or high water, huh. fit me in. I will be there." And 
you know, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I have, absolutely have to see him. I, you know, I've right. been his patient for, I guess, about eight or eight to ten years by that time. So I read him the riot act. I said, why didn't you, uh, why didn't you let me know about this? Because, you know, here we are, we're months later. That, that's unreal. And uh, he, you know, he uh, passed the buck off to his uh, PA and said it was her fault. Oh, man. Well, needless to say. You must have been hot as a pistol. (laughs) Oh, no question. He's obviously no longer my primary care doc. Right. Uh, After uh, he did some tests, he ordered some tests and then uh, consulted with a uh, urologist. And uh, they both uh, agreed. You know that you know, from from the scans that they saw that I had cancer, and uh, you know they said, "Well, you need to have a biopsy before you you know, do anything." So, did I they said, know at that point what the what the primary was? They no, didn't know it was lung no, cancer. No, okay. No, they only saw the, the lesion in yeah, my liver. Liver. Yep. Um, so I said, before I do anything else, I'm getting a second opinion, and. Uh, Second opinion uh, was easy to get uh, because, uh, you know, right here in my own hometown, I've got this huge NCI cancer center and and research center. And uh, fortunately, I knew some people out there who were able to expedite an appointment for me. Yeah, I want to real quickly shout out to to the Moffitt Cancer Center, Lee Silverstein, um, Tim McDonald, um, yeah. a bunch of other guys in the Wolfpack who are who who get their care there and are from that Tampa area. So um, it's just a fantastic center. So yeah, go oh, ahead, yes. buddy. Absolutely, uh, yeah, they're they're great in you know in lung cancer and in, in colorectal. Uh, prostate, you've got some great people with prostate. Absolutely, yeah. And of course, their their breast cancer for women, you know, is is uh, pretty much without peer. Also, uh, our governor's wife came down from Tallahassee and was treated for breast cancer. Yeah. Yep. So you so you go there and and they get get you in and take a look at you and take care of you pretty quick. They did. They did. And uh, of course, they said, yeah, you know, we, we need to have a biopsy, biopsy before we yeah, can uh, yeah. decide what kind of treatment uh, you might need. They took the biopsy and uh, uh, then I went back to the GI doctor and uh, he said, uh, well, here are the biopsy results. You have, uh, I think it was three tumors in my liver at various sizes and we also saw that there is a tumor in your lung Mm. so we need to send it out for further testing to see what kind of uh you know what exactly we're working with and this is a great point to talk about because a lot of times people get diagnosed um, through their metastases and, and, and the doctors need to figure out what the primary is and, and what the mutations are and all this stuff because treatments are different for, so I had metastases in my liver from my colorectal cancer mm-hmm. and, and you had it from your lung cancer, but the, the, the treatments are going to be different depending on what your primary is, if they can find it out. So that's what Buddy's talking about now is that process of figuring out 
what the origin is if they can so that they can target it. That's right. Uh, so they determined that the primary was in fact lung cancer and uh, it was adenocarcinoma, which is uh, uh, one of the types of non-small cell lung cancer. Uh, gotcha. Yep. I had uh, no genetic mutations. Uh, and uh, other than the uh, liver metastasis, uh, there were no other metastases. Uh, they did a, a brain MRI and saw nothing there except what was supposed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, before I started any kind of treatment, they said, uh, you know, surgery is out uh, because of the metastasis. Uh, we don't want to... Uh, have to do a really extreme uh, type of surgery that would include both the primary organ as well as the secondary organ. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, because you have no metastasis, or be, I'm sorry, before because you have no mutations, mm. um, the only type of treatment that's available at the present time um uh, is chemotherapy or there are clinical trials and i said well before i start anything let me let me look at what kind of trials i might qualify for okay and so uh, uh the uh the thoracic doc uh, gave me a trial to look at she said uh uh well it's thursday and i need to have an answer from you before monday or by by Monday. Oh, no pressure. Said, well, no <laughs> pressure whatsoever. Uh, so you know, I'm trying to read through this uh, morass of, oh of paperwork that's, yep. that's in the informed consent. And uh, thankfully, uh, we have a couple of relatives, cousins of my wife, uh, uh, the son-in-law of one of my aunt's sisters uh, who uh, one, one is a thoracic surgeon and the other is a uh, a, uh, a radiation oncologist. Oh, that's excellent. And uh, the radiation oncologist is not far from, from where I live and I was able to get a really fast appointment with him the next day Nice. He was he was absolutely golden. Uh, to you know, he and his partner looked through the uh, you know the uh, informed consent, looked through my medical records, and said, "This uh, this trial looks like it would really be good for you." And uh, as did uh, my wife's cousin, and uh, uh, so I called Moffat, my my uh, oncologist uh, first thing Monday morning and said, uh, I'm ready to go with this trial. And she said, I am so sorry. The last spot oh, in the trial no way. has already been filled. I said, oh, my God. Oh, and, my she, and she said, <laughs> oh, um, well, we'll start you on chemotherapy instead and uh, let's see how you do with that and hopefully there will be something else available in the not too distant future but you know buddy uh you know like they say in hoosiers uh 
The sun don't shine on the same dog's ass every day, but mister, you haven't seen a ray of sunshine with your journey so far. So (laughs) you're about to, I'm I'm hoping, I mean, you're still here, obviously. So things (laughs) turned up, but man, so first of all, your doctor, you get this test that shows this mass on your in your liver, and no one even tells you about it for months. And now you get told there's this trial for you, and and you do all this consulting to get in it, and then you're told that you didn't, you couldn't get on the trial. <laughs> yeah, it was a kind of rough start. No was da- this no uh, was this still in 2013, or are, are we moved forward in time at that point? No, when this, you... this is still 2013. Okay. So, so, so how did that, I mean, that must've been another like punch in the gut. You're like, Oh, come on. Really? It, it was, uh, but I took it in stride. I, you know, yeah, I you seem like a taking it in stride kind of guy. <laughs> Not always. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, I took it in stride. I said, look, uh, I'll try the chemotherapy and, you know, I've heard some horrible stories about it. Uh, I've heard some not so horrible stories about it. Let's see how things go. Right. Uh, and, uh, when, when it comes down to it, if I need, uh, to stop taking it for one reason or another, uh, hopefully by that time, there will be something else available that will help me stay, you know, on a, at least on a, on a, uh, stable level um so i was on chemotherapy a total of 16 months before it stopped working okay Uh, so uh, we were back at step one what's next what's available right um and again there were no no other fda approved treatments uh for which i would qualify at that time uh, everything else was still in clinical trials. Uh, and uh, so I said, well, what kind of trials are available? And uh, we found a trial uh, that was being performed at, I believe, six different uh, sites around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a phase one immunotherapy trial. And it was a combination of two drugs. Uh, one of which is now known as Infinzy. Yep. And the other uh, is a uh, uh, monoclonal antibody drug uh, called uh, uh, Trimlimumab. And I know it's used in a lot of combination treatments. Yes. Yep. Uh, um, so I was on that trial for a total of seven months. Uh, side effects almost killed me. Uh, I was a, I was bound and determined I was going to beat those side effects, but uh, they beat the hell out of me. Yeah, uh, and ended up putting me in the hospital. Mm-hmm. But it, but in those seven months, there was a seventy percent reduction in my uh, primary lung tumor. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> But so I was sorry to to have to drop out of that trial, uh, but because I did, I'm still alive. Right. Yeah, that's it. It's uh, these and, are the choices you you got to make. You know, when when sometimes the trial that that these trials that give these tremendous results also bring on these side effects that. You know, it, it could save you from cancer, but it's going to kill kill you 
through some other means. So, right. um, so yeah, so you had to get off that trial. And what was your next um, treatment after that? Uh, I had to wait for a couple of months before another uh, trial became available. Um, because I had uh, not been able to complete the earlier trial, uh, they felt that uh, neither of the uh, at the time approved uh, drugs uh, were applicable to me. Uh, you know, and, and you, I'm sure you've seen the ads on TV, ad nauseum, uh, for uh, for Optivo and Keytruda. Oh yeah, and I'm oh, yeah. A, I, I'm an Optivo veteran, so uh, oh, yep, so I, okay. I see the ads everywhere. Uh, but uh, you know the significant side effects of both of those uh, or potential uh, side effects from from both of those were oh, yeah. uh, what, I, what, I, were what knocked me out of the first trial. I I, I am a. I'm still here because of Opdivo, but I also have not, I don't have a functioning endocrine system and other issues because, because of the <laughs> immunotherapy. So, Hey, you know, I'll take it. But at the same time, these are, you know, these side effects can be life changing for sure. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm only living with thyroxin for, you know, forever, I guess. Uh, and, uh, and a steroid forever. Yep. Me too. <laughs> so, uh, so we did find this other trial. It's, uh, it was also a phase one trial that was being performed only at Moffitt. And this is now the beginning of 2015. You know, not even two years after my diagnosis, I've been in, I was then starting my third treatment plan. And uh, this was a single drug program. Uh, and the only oral medication that I'm aware of, uh, of immunotherapy, uh, at least for, for lung cancer, I don't know. I mean, there may be some for other kinds of cancer, but this is the only one that uh, is, uh, is being used in, in, in lung cancer treatment. Um, I know that uh, this, this trial that I was in uh, then they added a second trial, which was a combination of this drug and another drug. And that trial is ongoing. Uh, the trial that I was in uh, lasted and until it terminated in November of this past year. Uh, so so I, I started, I was one of the first in the trial in January of 15. And now in 2022, the trial is ending. Well, there were wow. only two. There were only two people left in the trial when it ended. So I think it ended strictly for for financial reasons uh, because it was uh, apparently successful for at least the two of us uh, that had been uh, enrolled in it. Uh, I don't know how many people actually did enroll, but the other people dropped out either due to side effects or progression. And it's time for a quick break. We want to thank Blue Note Therapeutics for sponsoring today's podcast. Man Up to Cancer only partners with companies that offer real solutions for our community. Blue Note's mission is to ease the emotional burden of cancer and improve health outcomes. The company takes cancer-specific face-to-face therapies and recreates that experience in a digital format on your phone. 
These digital therapies address the emotional challenges that myself and many of us face, and they're accessible on demand anytime, anywhere. Check out their new fully remote clinical trial at bluenotetherapeutics.com backslash trials. Big shout out to Jeff, Laura, Mark, and the rest of the Blue Note team. We are so grateful for your support. So this is crazy. So you were on, you were on the study drug for six plus years. Yeah, yeah. That's are right. you exactly. and, and 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 I was stable for five of those six years. You know, the first year was still a little bit erratic, uh, but for the last five years, I, I was stable. Amazing! Wow, <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, congratulations. I mean, to get on a phase one trial and to get that. Um, long a span with stability is just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just, <laughs> I was shocked really that uh, uh, I, I could stay on, on a drug for that long and, and still maintain. Well, right. Cause I mean, in phase one, they're just trying to figure out, you know, basic <laughs> safety and efficacy and, exactly. and, and you, and you proved that, <laughs> proved that out over time. Um, were the study, were the, you know, the study investigators just saying, you know, I imagine at some point you're like, how long can I stay on this drug? And was their message to you as long as it works? Yes, that was, that was it. That was it. They said, uh, you know, as long as it works, you can stay on this drug. Uh, uh, but then the trial ended and I'm thinking, well, what's going to happen now? Or at right. least they said it's ending. They said, well, where do I go from here? Uh, and they said, well, we're going to apply to get compassionate use on this drug for you because the drug is still not FDA approved. You cannot get it on the open market. As long as it's working, we would love for you to be able to still take it. Yeah. So I've heard about that happening before, right? Yeah. The study ends, but you're still doing well on it. Um, so they, they find a way to just be able to keep you on the drug through compassionate care. Is, so is that what, what ultimately happened for you? Yes. Yes. I, I've been on the uh, compassionate use program uh, concurrently when the other, when the trial ended, I began the compassionate use program. So and this are was you back in November? Okay. And, and so did you say that you have started to see some progression or are you still stable? Oh, no, I'm still stable. Uh, I've only had one scan since I started. Uh, started in mid-November, had my scan in early January, still stable. My next scan will be coming up uh, on April the 4th. Absolutely amazing story. But so it's no wonder, like, <laughs> your story is amazing and it's, fantastic that you then turned it into advocacy because i mean there's so much to learn from what you've gone through number one the va the the importance of taking the helm of your own health care you know when when doctors or, or hospitals or institutions sometimes just fumble the ball like it was up to you to pick it up and make sure you know from the very beginning with the with that test result that wasn't shared with you so self-advocacy second opinions third opinions um there's just there's a, and also the value of clinical trials too you know we try to do in the in in man up to cancer i try to spread the message that 
clinical trials, there's a lot of myths around them. The number one myth primarily being that they are just a Hail Mary when you're super sick for some experimental drug at the toward the end of your life. And and that's not, you know, you, your case proves that, the, you know, that's not the case. Really, trials are trials are often your best bet for extending your life or saving your life. And if you get on the right one like you did, it can be a magical thing. And also your health status was was good enough so that you could get like for the things that you went through, like when you had those side effects and were hospitalized, like you had to have a good baseline health to do that. Otherwise, it would have killed you. So I always tell people like explore trials when you are healthier, like when, when you're going through cancer, you have active cancer, but you're not super advanced or, you know, it hasn't progressed a ton. Like, so exp- start talking with your doctors about trials earlier on in the process. So I just that's think really, so, yeah, yeah, that's really what you have to do. Uh, if, if you're not healthy, you won't be accepted into a trial. Exactly. Cause they, they don't want super sick people on their trials because they want good data. <laughs> number one. Um, so yeah, go, so go ahead. Um, talk about how you, how you t- started helping others through this, through your own story. Well, uh, I started uh, with advocacy almost right after my diagnosis uh, in January of the uh, 2014. Uh, uh, I was asked if I would like to uh, join several other volunteers uh, to go up to Tallahassee and, uh, and ask for money. From, from our legislators, uh, tell our story and tell them what we need and, you know, and, you know the whole nine yards. And uh, so you know, I said, sure, I would love to do that. I, I think uh, being able to tell my story is, is so important. And, and all of the stories, you know, we, we were a, a mixture of people, uh, and, you know, lung cancer, colorectal, breast, uh, prostate, uh, almost any cancer you can think of uh, uh, was probably represented at one or more of, of my voluntary trips to Tallahassee over the past uh, uh, roughly eight years. Uh, this year was the first year I did not participate. Uh, last year was a virtual trip to Tallahassee. Uh, while sitting in the comfort of our own homes, uh, we uh, we met with the various legislators to uh, to ask for funding. Okay, so this year uh, they they resumed going to Tallahassee, uh, but uh, they didn't go up on a bus. You know, usually there would be uh, fifty or sixty of us that would go up on a bus the same day, uh, talk to the legislators, and come back the same night. Uh, but this year they decided to cut back again because of uh, COVID restrictions. And uh, sure. so I decided that there would just be too many people in the halls of the, uh, of the state capitol uh, yeah. for me to feel comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, I, didn't, so I did not do it. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've done a lot of these virtual advocacy uh, days, uh, both with the state uh, and with uh, our, our federal uh, members of Congress and senators. Awesome. 
so I got introduced to you through longevity. So the longevity foundation is a very large and impactful uh, national nonprofit. They're focused on lung cancer. They, they do, they're involved in research, education, and support. So direct support for people impacted by lung cancer. Can you tell us how you got introduced to them? My first introduction to longevity was uh, they had a lunch and learn session at, at Moffitt Cancer Center. Awesome. Uh, few years back and uh yeah i thought it was very uh you know very good information that they were talking about and uh yeah i pursued it uh, and then two years ago uh i had signed up to go to the hope summit yeah so tell tell our our folks and myself like I, i'm not really uh familiar with it obviously with my you know sometimes we get in our silos of cancers <laughs> me being colorectal um, but I, I'm so interested in learning about these events for other cancers as well. So what is the Hope Summit all about? Okay, the, the Hope Summit is for uh, survivors and caregivers. They have two different tracks at, at yeah. the summit. Uh, it's an annual meeting, uh, educational programs, uh, and, uh, and social. Uh, you know, we get to meet uh, awesome. other people. Uh, with uh, like situations or, or totally dissimilar situations, but uh, uh, you know, we all we all have the same thing. You know, we all have lung cancer, yeah. or we're caring for people who have lung cancer. And, beautiful. Uh, that, that's a beautiful thing, man. I love it. Um, so you've been to you've been to this. You're going this year. You've also been before. Well. Uh, I've been before the past two years, but only virtually. On v- virtual, of, oh, okay, yeah. Because of COVID. So are you able so, to attend in person this year? As of right now, yes. <laughs> I've, got my, I've got my plane ticket, I've got my hotel reservation, and uh, I'm going unless uh, the, the whole you know, yeah. the whole country falls apart. You never know. <laughs> uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Uh Awesome. So where, where is this? It's, uh, it's in suburban Washington, DC. It's actually in Rockville, Maryland. And, uh, it's at the, uh, at the Marriott, uh, North Bethesda Marriott hotel and conference center, which is actually in Rockford, Rockville, Maryland. Perfect. And what are you really looking forward to most for this event? Um, camaraderie, uh, and, uh, you know, I've, I've met so many people who are going virtually over the past two years, Oh right. Uh, yeah. but, but getting to, uh, you know, be face to face in person and not seeing them in a little two inch square on your computer <laughs> is a whole lot different. Uh, so I am really looking forward to that. And, and of course the, uh, you know, the educational programs. Uh, there's so much new happening, you know, in, in terms of lung cancer treatment in the past two, two to three years. It's, it's just unbelievable what's been happening. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So buddy is a, is a, we're, we're so proud to have him as a member of the howling place group, our man up to cancer Facebook group. And, and buddy, if you, you know, if you have the travel bug and you want to come 
up to upstate New York in September, September uh, 9th to 11th. We are doing the same thing because in Man Up to Cancer, we have been on Zoom for two years and we've been pretty rabid for a in-person get together. So we're going to have the gathering of wolves uh, in September up near Buffalo and we'd love to see you if you can make it. Okay. Well, I will keep that in mind. I've never been up in the Buffalo area. Uh, I think uh, the closest I've gotten is Cooperstown. Oh, yeah. Yep. I went there when I was a, a kid. My my dad took me to the Hall of Fame there when I was big into baseball, and that's a good good place to visit. So what organization so, – so if you describe your advocacy work – what organizations are you involved in at this point? And is it a long list or just a couple? Or how, how do you decide sort of where to spend your time when it comes to advocacy? Uh, it's not a real long list. I, I've done advocacy work uh, uh, for longevity, for Moffitt, uh, for uh, yeah, for GoTo Foundation. Uh, I've done a little bit of work with the American Cancer Society uh, and PAN. And uh, and a little bit with the American Lung Association. Excellent, man. This has been uh, this has been a great conversation. I can't wait to share your story. I am. It's it, we are at the point where we need to wrap up the show for time. I'm going to put okay. you on the hot seat. I have the gauntlet of <laughs> random questions coming your way. Nobody escapes. Not even Buddy Cutler. Before <laughs> okay. before I before I ask you these uh, diabolical questions. Is there anything else that pops up from our conversation or that you want to let people know about um, who are, who are ha- might happen to tune in? Uh, yes. If you have a significant smoking history and you have not been screened and you're over the age of 50, yes, please, please, please get screened. Uh, if you meet the qualifications, your screening won't cost you a dime. Uh, and it could save your life. 100%. That's the best advice you're going to hear for people. So absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. All right, my friend, it's time to run you through. Here we go. Okay. All right. I, let me think here. Hmm. What's your favorite sandwich? Oh, that's an easy one. My favorite sandwich is a Cuban sandwich oh. made in Tampa, Florida. Tampa is the home of the best Cuban sandwich in the world. That was kind of a softball. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if Did I you ever get down the there to, to Tampa, already? if I get down there to Tampa, I'm definitely eating some Cubans. Cuban, Cuban sandwich and some black beans. What is the place in the U.S. that you've never been to that you would like to visit? The Grand Canyon. Me I've as seen well. It from, I've seen it from the air, but I've never been down 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 the slopes of the so th- this is my sad grand canyon story we actually had we had booked a family vacation um to the southwest including the grand canyon and this was 
we booked it th- two months before COVID changed the world and everything was canceled like the grand (laughs) everything was shut down and so we 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 still have not been able to um resurrect that trip but maybe someday (laughs) why didn't you go this year when they had the uh the uh colorectal thing in uh in arizona you know, I've got these 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 children. Uh, so our girls are <laughs> they're, they're sixteen and fourteen, and and super busy with all kinds of activities and softball and singing and all that stuff. So Typical it just teenager girls. Right? Yeah, the you know the teenage years. I just couldn't uh, couldn't get out, couldn't get away from this time. But I am hoping to go to. Um, I, I just applied for a scholarship, and I hope I get one to go to the ASCO annual meeting in Chicago oh, wow. uh, in June. I'd like to meet some okay. people out there, but we'll see. I, uh, yeah, I did ahead. ask, I did a, uh, a recording for ASCO last year. Oh, nice. Uh, I would have loved to have gone in person, but of course it was virtual last year. Uh, I got an invite to go this year. Um, and of course, to apply for the scholarship too, uh, but it uh, it conflicted with my granddaughter's high school graduation. Can't miss that. Uh, no, no. So you know, I'll have to take a rain check on ASCO this year, and hopefully next year go. I hear it's a it's a uh, it's an incredible uh, experience. Make sure you got your good walking shoes. Oh yeah. If you okay, here we go. What actor would play you in a movie about Buddy's life? Oh gosh, I have an idea just based on you know our, our talk today. But <laughs> I don't know if you ever get any like, oh, you look like this guy. Uh, Woody Allen. Oh wow, that was out of I didn't see that, that coming. That, you, that came out of nowhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, that's a fantastic choice. I was thinking uh, Richard Dreyfus. Um, Okay, yeah, that was that would have been a second choice. Yep, yep, and he's awesome. Um, yeah. All right. There's a raging debate in uh, Man After Cancer about whether pineapple belongs on pizza. Um, this is kind of a 50-50 split in the group, and it could lead to a civil war at some point. I want to get your thoughts on that. Is it is it a yes or no for you? Oh, it's a no. It's a no. I knew I liked you from the second we met. <laughs> You're in my camp, okay, and, okay. and I'm going to just, I'm going to gloat for the rest of the day because there's too many of those pineapple pizza lovers out there, and it's just not right. It's not natural. doesn't belong on it, so. Oh, I like pineapple. Just well, yeah, me too. Pizza. Just right. not on pizza. Gold right. star for the day for Buddy. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Buddy. You know, this has been a great time talking to you, getting to know you. Thanks for sharing your story, your, about your family, and, and about your amazing journey through survival with stage four lung cancer. I mean, <laughs> fantastic. It's been, what, 2013? to two, You're coming up on 10 years, man. No, it'll be, it'll be nine years uh, this summer. Okay, yep. Not, so nine years this summer, but yeah, ten, nine 10's nine right around the corner. Yeah, yeah I'm, you know, I look forward to my cancerversary. Uh Every year, you know, it's a milestone, obviously. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to the first milestone of being Ned. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. 
I don't know if that'll ever happen. Uh, you know, I know other people who have had it, who have been Ned for years and years and years, and uh, they're going strong. And you know, I, I you know, I, uh, I yearn for that to happen. But uh, you know, I'm I'm happy. Yeah. That I'm stable. And Good, you know, yeah. being being stable. Uh, it lets me do a lot of things that I might not otherwise be able to do. Uh, you know, unfortunately, COVID uh, uh, put the kibosh on any kind of traveling the past two years. Right. Uh, this year, this trip to D.C. is going to be the first time I've been on a plane uh, in over two years. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so, yeah, just to finish up, have a fantastic trip i just think i hope you have a great event meet a lot of those folks that you've only been able to do this zoom thing with and uh and yeah i i just hope you have a great event and i appreciate you you coming on and i hope to see you in some of the wolf pack meetings and in the howling place yeah, I'll, I'll be there trevor I don't, i'm not sure if i'll be able to make this thursday i do have a conflict potential conflict but uh i hope to be there this thursday and if not i'll see you in a couple of weeks after that very good my friend Thanks, buddy. Thank you. You have a great day. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. If you want to support our mission, visit patreon.com backslash manuptocancer. Monthly subscriptions start at five bucks, less than a single cup of coffee at some establishments. And if you know a man struggling with the isolation that cancer can bring, let him know about us. The Wolfpack doors are always open.